You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Zarczyk fumbles the football. It's picked up by Herman Edwards. Deshaun Jackson gets a block. Are you kidding? McNabb is back. He is firing. Caught by Freddie Mitchell. It's fourth and it's still a foot. Didn't get it again. Did it again. That's unbelievable. The Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. You're listening to BGN Memories with John Stolmes. Hello, Bleeding Green Nation, and welcome back to another edition of BGN Memories, powered by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I'm your host, John Stolness. You can follow me on Twitter at John Stolness. Well, this weekend, we're going to be sitting down on Sunday afternoon and evening to some fantastic football, as we'll have the AFC Championship and the NFC Championship games. Uh, You've got the Titans taking on the Chiefs and the Packers versus the San Francisco 49ers. Sadly, our Philadelphia Eagles are not playing in the NFC Championship game this weekend. As I was watching the divisional round games, I was really left wondering, how good could the Eagles have been? How far could they have gone? had they not gotten so many people hurt this year, especially Carson Wentz. Even losing Carson Wentz in the wildcard game against the Seattle Seahawks, I really wonder if he'd stayed in that game, whether or not he would have been able to put up 20 points on the Seahawks and whether or not he would have been able to go back into Lambeau Field and beat the Packers in Green Bay for the second time this season. The Eagles, the only team in the NFL to beat Green Bay in Lambeau Field this season. But alas, the Eagles are sitting home watching these two uh, playoff games just like we are, although I imagine many of them probably will be doing other things. But uh, we will be sitting watching the AFC and NFC Championship games. But this felt like a good time to look back at the Eagles' history in the NFC Championship game. Uh, The Eagles have played in the NFC title game seven times uh, in their franchise history. The first, of course, being in 1980 against the Dallas Cowboys, which they won uh, in order to move on to the Super Bowl against the Oakland Raiders, where they got their pants taken down in New Orleans in that game. Uh, The next, it took until uh, 2001 when the Eagles finally got back to the NFC title game. Uh, An upstart Eagles team uh, led by a very young Donovan McNabb, trying to go into St. Louis and upset the heavily favored Rams, which they were not able to do uh, the following year when they were the favorites at home against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and lost the following season when after the 4th and 26th game, they hosted the Carolina Panthers and lost those three straight NFC title game losses that Andy Reid suffered before finally in 2004 or immediately after the 2004 regular season in January of 05, managing to win their game against the Atlanta Falcons and move on to the Super Bowl against the New England Patriots. The Eagles went to the NFC title game again in after the 2008 season in Arizona against the Cardinals. And then, of course, uh, the NFC title game after the 2017 season against the Minnesota Vikings. And what we're going to do here is I'm going to give you my ranking of the 10 greatest moments from Eagles NFC Championship game history and uh, I'll also give you what I think are the three worst moments uh, from the th- from uh, three of the losses the Eagles had in NFC title games but of course the Eagles 3 and 4 
in seven NFC title games uh, throughout their history. They've obviously been to those three Super Bowls. So we'll start off with number 10, and we're going to go back to the 2001, or when I say 2001, 2002 NFC title game, I'm referring to the NFC title games following those seasons. They're part of the 2001 season. They actually took place the following calendar year, but that's confusing for everybody. So when I announce the dates for these things, it's, it's because it encompasses that regular season season and it's the culmination of what happened in that regular season so when I say the 2001 NFC championship game I'm talking about the Eagles game against the Rams following the 2001 season you with me okay so uh the number 10 greatest moment from Eagles NFC championship game history is a moment most of you probably don't remember uh people remember this NFC championship game loss I think probably more fondly than the other ones because the Eagles weren't supposed to win this game they were an upstart team uh they'd uh Burst onto the scene in the playoffs uh, that year. They beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home in the wild card round uh, and then went into Chicago in the divisional round. You remember that is uh, Donovan McNabb's homecoming, going back home to Chicago and beating uh, kind of a fraudulent Bears team, but uh, a Bears team that most picked to beat the Eagles that day. And the Eagles went in there and uh, pulled away in the second half to win that divisional round game to set up the matchup in St. Louis against a heavily favored Rams team. Remember, this was the greatest show on turf we were talking about here. Uh, And this set up uh, the Rams' eventual loss to the New England Patriots. The Tom Brady Super Bowl is the the first ever Super Bowl where Tom Brady upset the heavily favored Rams uh, to win it all. But uh, this was a Rams team that was expected to repeat as champions. And, it did cap off an incredible season uh, by the Eagles where it was really starting. You were really starting to see Andy Reid and this team emerge uh, from the funk of the, the Ray Rhodes era and the slow rebuild that Andy that Andy took. And really, it was a quick turnaround because Andy had, I think, gone five and 11 in his rookie season, made the playoffs the following year where they lost uh, to the Giants in the divisional round in New York. And then in his third season, they had taken the next step. They'd gotten past that round and were, were taking on a, a much better team. I mean, the Rams were a much better team. And eventually, you know, it, it's, it was a game the Eagles, at one point, we were feeling good about because they led 17-13 to 13 at halftime thanks to this touchdown pass late in the second quarter from Donovan McNabb to Todd Pinkston. Here's McNabb. Touchdown, end zone, shot to Todd Pinkston. That's a heck of a throw and a heck of a catch. That, was, go a, with it. that was a great throw. And I think maybe the thing that Bill Kohler was calling was blitz and everyone has to get there because they come in a blitz. And when you come in a blitz, what happens? You're, you're man-to-man out there. Pinkston gets right by Dexter McLeon. And so during that halftime, we all felt really good about the Eagles' chances of pulling off the upset. But in the second half, the Rams would pull away, and eventually the Eagles would lose 29-24. to They did have a chance to win the game at the end. They were driving but stalled at midfield as McNabb threw a game-ending interception. Not a game-ending interception, a, a drive-ending interception on 4th and 13 from their own 48. The Rams got the ball back, ran the clock down until about 13 seconds left in Donovan and the Eagles basically had no chance left after that. So essentially it was a game-ending interception, uh, and he forced the ball on 4th and 13, just, just tried to make something happen there. He really had no other alternative. But it was a quality performance by the Eagles against a better opponent. And you knew better days ahead, so that's why I think I include. That's why I included this moment because it was a good moment from this team uh, in that game in which they lost. And there's got to be some moments from some of the losses that made you feel that made you feel good at least, or that you have a fond memory of. And uh, this is not a moment that most of us remember all that well. Todd Pinkston's touchdown catch just before halftime 
in the 0-1 championship game against St. Louis. We now move on to our numbers nine and number eight moments, and we have to, I'm going to combine these two moments because they happened in the same game, and they happened almost one right after the other, but they are individual moments, so I, I wanted to separate the two. The first is in the following year's NFC Championship game against the Buccaneers in 2002. And in this game, it was the single worst sporting event I ever attended. I was at the 2002 NFC title game, the last game, the last Eagles game ever at Veterans Stadium. We were sure that the Eagles were going to win this game. Um, and I'm going to get into more of that in just a second. But this, is, this, is, this was the single worst sporting event I ever attended. And I think it's up there among the most devastating losses in Philadelphia sports I've ever experienced. To me, it's a toss-up between this game and Game 6 of the 93 World Series against the Blue Jays, the Joe Carter game. The, you have to know also what was coming, what, was, you know, what, what, what the narrative was coming into this game. The Eagles had, had owned the Buccaneers in, in recent appearances, especially they had won in the playoffs against the Buccaneers the previous two seasons. They had beaten them three straight times at Veterans Stadium. Tampa Bay came into this game having never won a game in cold weather. The Eagles were the number one seed in the playoffs and were riding a huge wave of momentum. And it being the final game ever at Veterans Stadium, it just seemed like it seemed like destiny was guiding the Eagles towards the Super Bowl this year. It just it, it all felt right. It all felt like it was going to happen. They were destined to win. And that was the feeling in the parking lot before the game. Everybody there knew the Eagles were going to win. They knew for a fact the Eagles were going to win this game. We were so confident heading into this game. I, I have never been more confident in a team winning a single game than I was the Eagles winning that game. That's why I was nervous going into the Super Bowl against the Patriots after, back in 2017. Because I'd had that feeling before. I'd, I'd experienced that feeling of invincibility going into a game. Because that's how I felt leading into the 2002 NFC title game going against the Buccaneers. I knew the Eagles were going to win that game. But we should have known better. <laughs> Donovan McNabb was playing his second game after breaking his ankle during the regular season. Remember, he missed the rest of the regular season. Coy Detmer played a phenomenal three quarters on Monday Night Football against the 49ers, and then he got hurt. So A.J. Feely had to finish up the season, but he did his job. Uh, he, he got the Eagles the number one seed. Uh, the Eagles rolled against the Atlanta Falcons and Michael Vick in the divisional round after getting the first round by. Um Kind of interesting, in the postscript of the 2002 season, we just recently found out in, in media reports that Andy Reid reached out to Troy Aikman, uh, who was a broadcaster at the time, to play for the Eagles once Donovan McNabb got hurt in that Cardinals game in 2002. It never came to pass, but, man, that would have been interesting. The, but the, getting back to the, the two moments, the two good moments, there were only two in this game, and they both happened immediately at the start of the game. And it only validated the feeling that we all had that the Eagles were destined to win this football game. The first was Brian Mitchell returning the opening kickoff 70 yards, and this place was rocking. Mitchell. 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 Down to the 25. I, I, back in the day, I was not a fan of Joe Buck, for especially, specifically for calls like this. I thought he was way too understated. He's Joe Buck is the best in the business now because he doesn't call plays like this anymore. He gets legitimately excited. He allows himself to kind of get caught up in the moment, but he doesn't overdo it. He knows exactly how, how far to push it. I love Joe Buck now. I did not care for that call, though. Um, but uh, that, that run, you, you have no idea 
how much that stadium was shaking. For those of you who were there, you know. That's, I, I've never experienced a stadium shake like that ever. And it only got more electric after the number eight moment occurred, which was two plays later, Deuce Staley running it in from 20 yards out. Donovan McNabb under center. The Eagles taking that quick 7 to nothing lead before anybody had a chance to breathe on the Buccaneer side. You just felt, you knew the Eagles were going to win this game. And then to slowly watch it slip away, moment by moment, series by series, and, and, to, and to feel, to have all that, all that emotion sucked out of the stadium was, was like nothing I've ever experienced. But those two moments, I will always remember those two moments as being among the most electrifying moments I can ever remember at a sporting event. The feeling of invincibility in those moments and to feel the energy of the stadium when those two, when those two plays happened was, was absolutely unbelievable. I've, I don't think I've ever experienced anything since. And, of course, I, I was not at any of the World Series games. I was not at uh, the 2017 NFC Championship game or anything like that. But getting to the 2017 NFC Championship game, the Derek Barnett strip sack comes in as my number seven NFC Championship game moment. And it's easy to forget how close this game was for most of the first half. After scoring the opening touchdown, the Eagles tied it on a play that will be mentioned in a few minutes and then took a 14-7 lead on, a, on that bruising LeGarrett Blunt touchdown run where he ran over Andrews and Dejo. But the Vikings were driving late in the first half, and they moved the ball to the Eagles' 16-yard line, again with the Eagles just up by a touchdown. But on third and five, Case Keenum turned the ball over for the second time in the half. And they bring pressure again. Ball is out. Recovered. By Philadelphia, knocked out by Derek Barnett. Morgan is going to come across and try to seal Derek Barnett, and it's just not much of a match. I mean, he gets there a little bit late. It creates the edge for Barnett to get there. The rookie from Tennessee, first-round pick. They needed to make a play. They're able to do it. It's the empty hand as Keenum starts to, before he comes forward, the ball's out. And what a great defensive play, and they needed it. And as you heard Aikman mention there, it was a stupid defensive play design uh, as, uh, as, as uh, they tried to bring a tight end from the other side of the formation to try and block Barnett one-on-one. -on -one. And Barnett just ran right around him and got to Case Keenum, stripped the ball away, uh, was recovered by Chris Long, and, and that started the avalanche. That was the play that really started the downhill, the snowball uh, rolling downhill, the momentum going that just crushed the Minnesota Vikings from that point on. Uh, the Eagles moved the ball down the field, and on third and 10 connected on a 53-yard touchdown pass to Alshon Jeffrey that really signaled the route was on. And even more impressive, and this I still don't think gets remembered enough, the Eagles got the ball back on their own 20 with 29 seconds left in the half and still managed to move the ball to the Minnesota 20 for a 38-yard field goal by Jake Elliott to make it 24-7. They went from their own 20 to the Minnesota 20 with less with 29 seconds left in the half that's when you knew they were not going to lose this lose that football game so the barnett strip sack was my number 7 moment in NFC championship game history for the eagles moving on to my number 6 moment the 2008 championship game between the eagles and the arizona cardinals and like 2001 
This late season run was a surprise as well. They just got into the playoffs needing a miracle on the last game of the season and then beating the Cowboys in Week 17, 44-6, gets them into the playoffs as the number six seed. They go into Minnesota in the wildcard round and beat Tavares Jackson and the Vikings, a game I knew the Eagles were going to win. But then they had to go into the Meadowlands and take on the number one seed, 13-3 and Giants, and they beat the Giants handily. So they go into Arizona against the Cardinals as road favorites, as the number six seed road favorites. And you talk about needing a dog mask. The Arizona Cardinals were wearing the dog masks that day. But Arizona, as we found out in, in seasons after that, they were a legitimately good team. And they jumped all over the Eagles' defense early that day. By halftime, uh, behind three Larry Fitzgerald touchdowns, the Cardinals led 24-6. to And it looked like the Eagles were going to get blown out in Arizona. But... The Eagles scratched back. They got two Brent Selleck touchdowns and made it 24-19 with under a minute left in the third quarter. The defense stiffened up and got the Eagles back into in, in back to within one score, and then the Eagles completed the comeback thanks to this 62-yard bomb from Donovan McNabb to Deshaun Jackson. Action. McNabb airing it out for Deshaun Jackson. Behind the defense, a juggle and a touchdown. And now because of the missed extra point, the Eagles are up by one, and they'll keep the offense on the field and go for two here. They drafted Deshaun Jackson to hit the home run on the outside, and he just went deep on Dominique Rogers Cromartie. Well, Donovan wanted to go to Kevin Curtis initially, and then he sees that he's got Jackson one-on-one on Cromartie, and he's got a step on him, and he just throws a great ball. And on that one, he led Jackson to the middle of the field, away from the sidelines, to give Jackson a chance to run away from Deshaun Jackson hung with that play, hung with that catch, 62 yards. And that play was my, is my number six NFC Championship game moment of all time. That made it 25-24 to 24 Eagles, but with a lot of time left in the ballgame, 10.45 left to go in the game. The Cardinals then went right down the field on a long drive, ending in a Tim Hightower touchdown to make it 32-25. to And unfortunately, that's how that game would end. And we'll get to the exact ending in a few minutes. And uh, before we finish with the top five moments in NFC Championship game history for the Eagles, we're going to step away and take a quick break. When we come back, we will finish up the list, and I'll also give you my three worst moments in NFC Championship game history. That's up next here on BGN Memories. And we're back on BGN Memories, counting down the list of top 10 Eagles moments in NFC Championship game history as we get ready for the conference championship games this weekend. My number five moment is the Brandon, Brandon, the Brian Dawkins hit on Algie Crumpler in the 2004 NFC title game. For those of you who were not really following this team in 2004, you have to understand what the stakes were in this one. The Eagles had suffered three straight NFC title game losses, the last two of them at home as favorites. They had to win this game. I really don't know what the fan base would have done if they had lost that NFC title game in 2004. But it was in this game the Eagles finally punched their ticket to the Super Bowl. And I was at this game as well. My buddy had season tickets, and he invited me and a couple other friends to the, 2000, to the 2002 title game against the Buccaneers where we were devastated. He brought us all back to the 2004 game, and we called it, we called it the redemption tour because we were going to go and we were going to actually finally see them win it. And they, they actually did. Uh, and so, but the, the four of us, the same four of us went and, and sat in the same seats, although it was in a different stadium at this point. We were kind of in the same, same part of the stadium. And we watched the Eagles finally do it. 
as far as this moment goes, with just over two minutes left in the first half, the Eagles led 14-3, to but the Falcons were driving. Vic completed Michael Vick completed a 31-yard pass to Algie Crumpler to move the ball, move the ball to the Eagles 10. It was a great catch by Algie Crumpler. He absorbed a monstrous hit by Brian Dawkins, though. Now over the middle. Crumpler, what a throw, what a hit, what a catch. Algie Crumpler hung on. So, yes, Atlanta would punch it in one play later on a Warwick Dunn touchdown run to make it 14-10 at halftime. But this devast- that devastating hit on Crumpler changed the game. He was a non-factor for the rest of the day. Uh, the Falcons would not score a single point the rest of the way. The Eagles would go on to win 27-10 as Derek Burgess manhandled Michael Vick. And the Falcons uh, were shut out. For the, for the second half, and I, I really feel like it was that hit. That's an iconic hit in Eagles history, that Brian Dawkins hit on Algie Crumpler where he comes from across the middle. He probably gets penalized for it at this point for, for the way he hit a defenseless receiver, but he didn't lead with his helmet. He led with a, it was a shoulder into the solar plexus. To me, a legal, which should still be a legal hit, but uh, Brian Dawkins, that hit is goes down in his highlight reel as perhaps the greatest hit he'd ever delivered, and it was, again, the Falcons scored one play later, but I really feel it was kind of a turning point in the game uh, as the Eagles went on to cruise to victory against the Falcons and punch their ticket to the Super Bowl against the New England Patriots. My number four moment, the Patrick Robinson interception return in 2017. The, the, the Vikings had just driven down the field incredibly easy. It was distressing how easy the Vikings had moved the ball on their opening possession to score uh, and take a quick 7-0 lead. The Eagles got the ball back and were making mistakes on offense. A couple of drops, um, not being able to get their feet inbounds on a on a pass along the sideline. They, they, they turned the ball back over and punt the ball away back to the Vikings, and the Vikings um, looked like they were certainly in control of that game early. But uh, it was this play uh, that really turned the tide and got the Eagles back with a sense of equilibrium. I mean, this, I think there are a couple turning points in this game, but this interception certainly was one of the turning points and is one of the most fondly remembered plays that allowed, it allowed the entire stadium to exhale. And we realized that this was not going to be a runaway. The Eagles were going to be in this game till the end. Four men on the rush. Keenum throws. He's picked. Patrick Robinson back the other way. Looking for a block. Gets it, Robinson, for the touchdown. Defensive end, he's going to come off the edge, and he's able to get around Hill, and he gets Keenum's arm, it looked like, because the ball sure came out funny, him trying to get it to Thielen. And, yeah, you see there as Chris Long comes in and hits the left arm and then into the chest, and it changes the throw. And he's not able to get enough on an underthrow interception. And Chris Long uh, played a huge role in this game, getting to getting to Case Keenum, uh, hitting his non-throwing hand, but disrupting him enough to alter the path of the ball so that Robinson could uh, take it down the left sideline and then weave all the way back across the field, uh, taking it in uh, for the touchdown, tying the game at seven in the first quarter. The Eagles would then score to go ahead 14-7. And then uh, you, you remember the other huge turnover that I mentioned just a few minutes ago, the Derek Barnett. At strip sack, which was recovered by Chris Long. Again, Chris Long factoring into two huge turnovers uh, in the game in 2017. And that really, uh, that Patrick Robertson, Robinson interception return for a touchdown 
helped stabilize things. It, it it's it reset everybody uh, back to zero, and 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 it was it was exactly what the Eagles needed at that point. Sometimes you need the defense. Sometimes you need a defensive score to trigger to trigger things, and uh, that came at an absolutely opportune time for the Eagles in that game. My number three moment. That Chad Lewis touchdown late in the fourth quarter in the 2004 NFC title game, his second touchdown of the game, the one in which he uh, he didn't break his foot, but I think he, I forget exactly what, what the injury ended up being that knocked him out of the Super Bowl, and that was a big loss. Losing Chad Lewis in the Super Bowl really hurt uh, the Eagles' offense, especially inside the red zone as the Eagles turned the ball over so much in that Super Bowl. Losing Chad Lewis in this game really, really hurt. But um, I'm, I'm telling you, I was, I was sitting in the end zone where that happened, and I could see it right in front of me. And you could see the whole play developing. The Eagles had a 20-10 to 10 lead. They were driving down the field, and, and I think there was a, it was like a seven, eight-minute drive that uh, bled the entire fourth quarter clock. And you knew as they were moving that just having the ball was a victory. Scoring the touchdown was was gravy, but just keeping the ball out of Michael Vick's hands with a with a two-score lead, you knew at this point you could just feel it as the minutes ticked off. Eight minutes, seven minutes, six minutes, five minutes. You knew the Eagles were going to win. There wasn't enough time for Atlanta to come back, especially because the Eagles, as they got into field goal range, even if you just make it a 13-point game, you know the Falcons are not coming back from that. But... As the Eagles slowly matriculated the ball down the field, they finally got to within that they finally got to within the 10-yard line and Donovan McNabb hooked up with Chad Lewis for their second touchdown connection on the game. Play action. Lewis. Touchdown and they will celebrate. And it was after this play, I remember an Eagles coach saying, start the buses, you know, start the buses. They're getting, Atlanta's getting ready to go home. That made it 27 to 10. Everybody could then just exhale, and it was a party. It was a party in the stands because three years of demons had been exercised. They were finally going to get to that Super Bowl, and they would lose to the Patriots the following, in a, in a, in a couple of weeks. But clearing that hurdle, getting past that game, was incredible and I, I really don't know what would have happened if they had lost that game I really don't know what that might have been a catastrophic blow to the franchise it's hard to thank goodness we didn't have to actually live through it Chad Lewis coming through with that touchdown catch Donovan McNabb leading the team down the field without Terrell Owens remember who did not participate in the two playoff wins leading up to the Super Bowl that they managed to do it without T.O. and and get past those three NFC title game losses meant everything that, to me, is the number three Eagles-NFC title game moment of all time. The number two Eagles-NFC title game moment of all time, the Torrey Smith Flea Flicker. Folks, when I think about the 2017 NFC Championship game, this is the moment that I remember most. It may not have been the most impactful moment. It may not have been the biggest turning point moment. Probably those two defensive turnovers were the big were the big uh, were the big uh, turning point moments. But for me, this is the play that I remember. This is the iconic play from that game where Nick Foles hits Torrey Smith on the flea flicker to put them up 31 to seven. The Eagles are six for eight on third down. Flea flicker. Foles launches downfield. Smith. about it coming into this game. Torrey Smith, they've had a hard time this year really getting him involved in the deep balls, and you see that he slow plays it coming off the line. He takes off Harrison Smith. Normally, he has the range to make this play. He's not able to get there, but how about the throw 
by Nick Foles. And it was it was an amazing throw by Foles over over the safety and in, over the cornerback and in between Sandejo as he was racing across the field to try and break up the pass. It was it was a beautiful beautifully thrown ball. Nick Foles was so dialed in that day it was really unbelievable Torrey Smith for for all of the all the flack that he took during that season for not being productive enough he did come up with some big catches it was not a Nelson Aguilar in 2019 type situation Torrey Smith was a valuable member of that team and you had to account for him and he he kind of like he said slow played it off the line pretended like it was going to be a running play and then took off got behind the cornerback and, and Nick Foles threw a perfect throw that you knew at this point it was a party. You were going to have a second-half party in Philadelphia. How, how weird it felt that in such a big game, a game that sends you to the Super Bowl, that you were going to win in a laugher. It was such a weird experience to know that you were going to win this game easily, that there wasn't going to be any stress involved in a game that sends you to the Super Bowl. The Eagles had never experienced anything like that before. Even the, even the game in 2004, it was tight. The whole way. This was a blowout from halftime on. It was a second half party. You could just relax and enjoy the game and imagine going to the Super Bowl. And they'd add another touchdown after that. A second Alshon Jeffrey touchdown to make it 38-7 to that was just icing on the cake. That Torrey Smith flea flicker play to me is the moment, the one big moment from that game that I remember most. And now that takes us to our number one moment of all time. And I don't think this will come as any big surprise took place in the 1980 NFC Championship game, and it's interesting that this is the run in this game that we remember. Yes, it was a dynamic run. A Wilbert Montgomery first quarter 42-yard dash that looked like he had been shot out of a cannon against the Dallas Cowboys. Wilbert Montgomery now is the deep back of the eye, and it's Montgomery with the ball. And with the room to go, Montgomery might go. Wilbert Montgomery, touchdown Philadelphia. 42 yards by Montgomery, straight ahead. That's his 12th touchdown of the year out of Abilene Christian. You might recall Monday night a year ago, it was his play on short yardage, the big one that actually broke the back of the Dallas Cowboys. He went, he went outside of Ed Jones and Sizemore just took Jones down. Two touchdowns last week against Minnesota. For those of you who don't know about Montgomery, he was a sixth-round draft pick, the 154th player taken in the draft in 1977. He had three 1,000-yard rushing seasons for the Eagles in 78, 79, and 81. However, in 1980, he had some injury issues and played in 12 games that season, ran for eight touchdowns, and only ran for, for 778 yards, only four yards a carry. It was in those four seasons from 78 to 81, his worst season, but he was awesome in this game he ran for 194 yards on 26 carries which is probably why that touchdown run is remembered he was the most valuable player on the field and that was his big run on the day Ron Jaworski and Danny White could not pass the ball in the cold frigid weather I think Jaworski had under 100 yards passing Danny White was at like 120 or whatever but after that Wilbert run the Cowboys tied the game at seven on a Tony Dorsett run in the second quarter and this game was tied 7-7 at halftime so after going up 10-7 to in the third, it was actually a nine-yard touchdown run by Leroy, by Leroy Harris that actually put the game kind of on ice for the Eagles. They, it put them up 10 late in the third quarter. It didn't put them on ice, but that was the score that made it a two-possession game. The Eagles added a field goal in the fourth quarter to make the final score 20-7, to but we don't talk about that Leroy Harris touchdown run, the one that put them up 10 and maybe that should be on this top 10 list somewhere. I, I think maybe I'm, I'm neglectful of not putting that run 
in the top 10. It's just because we don't remember it at all. No one talks about the Leroy Harris touchdown run. So, in fact, let's give that run some love right now. On the move with the Eagles. Jaworski gives to Harris. Leroy Harris pounds into the end zone for the Eagles. They mentioned on the broadcast that Harris had not scored a touchdown in his previous 12 games uh, when he ran that ball in. So little, little used Leroy Harris along the goal line uh, with that touchdown made it 17 to seven. A huge play in that game. You know, if you're talking about, if you're talking about odds of winning, that play had more of a swing in the odds of the Eagles winning, I think, than the Wilbert Montgomery run in the first quarter. So that that probably I've, I'm probably neglectful for not including that Leroy Harris run among the top ten moments, and it, it probably should be considered one of the great runs in Eagles history. It just didn't come with the magic and the spice that the Wilbert Montgomery touchdown run did. But it's important to remember after that Wilbert run, the Cowboys tied it up, and it was seven-seven at halftime. So those are my ten. Best moments, I guess 11, if you count the Leroy Harris run in Eagles NFC Championship game history. Let's quickly give you my three worst moments. And I'm not going to play audio clips from these because who the hell wants to hear audio clips of the worst moments in, in Eagles NFC Championship game history? Then in 2008, the Kevin Curtis drop against the Cardinals. It was a tough catch, but the Eagles were driving with a chance to take the lead. They had to score a touchdown. But again, just like in 2001, at midfield, the Eagles drive stalled, and Kev, uh, uh, Donovan McNabb throws an out to Kevin Curtis that we I really think he got interfered with on the play. If you listen to the play call, if you, if you watch that game, Troy Aikman is basically saying the same thing. It looked like he got tackled before the ball got there. The refs didn't call it, and uh, the Eagles end up losing that game. The, the Cardinals go on to play one of the greatest Super Bowls against the Pittsburgh Steelers in NFL history. Frankly, the Eagles probably don't beat the Steelers in that Super Bowl, if we're being honest. But uh, it still would have been nice to get there and give it a try for an all-Pennsylvania Super Bowl. My number two moment is when Donovan McNabb got injured against the Carolina Panthers in 2003. Because... Losing 14-3 to in that game, there's not a single moment that you can point to in that Panthers game that was good, memorable, worth talking about. And, you know, you have the Ricky Manning interceptions. Those Ricky Manning interceptions, you could pick any one of those as the worst moments, but you knew the Eagles were going to lose that game when Donovan McNabb got injured. I think it was in the third quarter when he got crunched on a, on a, a questionable hit by the Panthers uh, in the third quarter of that game. And once Donovan went out, you knew they had no chance of coming back and winning that game. You also had no Brian Westbrook in that game, as he had been hurt um, the week before, uh, I believe it was, against the, uh, against the Green Bay Packers. My number one moment, of course, has to be the Rondé Barber interception return in 2002. That's the worst moment I've ever experienced as an Eagles fan, period. It was worse than the Super Bowl loss against the against the New England Patriots the following year. That Rondé Barber interception return, I will never forget what that stadium sounded like when it happened. Normally after an Eagles loss, there's cursing, there's swearing, there's people getting into fights. After that loss, I think fans were too upset and too stunned to say anything. It was quiet. You could hear a pin drop. Nobody was talking about that game walking out of the stadium. 
Nobody could say anything about it. Nobody wanted to talk about how they lost. Nobody wanted to scream about it. Nobody wanted to yell about it. Nobody wanted to fight about it. Everyone was too sad to do anything. And everyone walked out of there in silence. I remember walking back to my car with my buddy, and we didn't say a word to each other in the 15-minute walk back to our car. That was the saddest I've ever seen any collective group of sports fans ever. We were stunned in silence. I'll never forget. There were, any, there were no boos. We were, nobody, everybody was too upset to boo. It was just, it was, it was the shock of losing this game that we knew we were going to win. And that, that served as a reminder to me, again, heading into the 2000, uh, heading into Super Bowl 52 against the Patriots. It's why I could never fully allow myself to feel confident going into that game. But I'm, I'm glad that uh, it's, I'm certainly glad it worked out. But uh, that, that moment in 2002, that Rondé Barber interception return with the Eagles trailing by 10 with about five minutes left to go, that sealed the deal, the worst moment in Eagles NFC Championship game history. Well, folks, enjoy the conference title games this weekend. Again, it should be two pretty good games. I, I do think the Chiefs are going to blow the Titans out. Uh, I, I think the, the 49ers are going to handle uh, the, the Green Bay Packers, who I don't think are quite as good. Uh, but uh, again, uh, the, the way the NFC playoffs shook out, uh, the Packers managed to beat um, kind of a, a substandard Seahawks team, and uh, they'll go into San Francisco and play a very tough defense. I like San Francisco to win that game. I also like uh, the Chiefs to win comfortably against the Titans. I think that Cinderella run by Derrick Henry and the Titans will end on Sunday afternoon. That'll do it for this edition of BGN Memories. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll talk to you all next time right here on BGN Memories.